What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Gen X music show. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field and right in the middle of the dairy block. Uh, it's getting colder, and obviously you're not going to be able to sit outside as much. Uh, they've got socially distanced tables available out there, and from what I'm t I understand, heaters. Uh, so look, if you still want to go out there and have a socially distanced um, uh, wine experience there, you can do that too. But if you're not, they got a whole selection on bfwdenver.com of their various wines. My personal favorite is the 2017 Cabernet. Really good. They call it their fire Cabernet because it was, it was harvested uh, right after the 2017 fires in Sonoma County, and it kind of has this, a smoky lilt to it. It's really, really nice. Uh, I'm going to get some more of that as soon as possible uh, before it runs out. Uh, but they also got Pinot. They got Rieslings with a Western Slope winery called Storm Cellar. Basically, they got anything you want. Uh, once again, they're located uh, between 18th and 19th in Blake and Boisee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Uh, you can go visit them at bfwdenver.com. And you can book your virtual wine tastings, which I have a feeling will be very popular as this winter goes on. And you can find them on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. I'd also like to tell you about my friend, Andy Feinstein. Please support our friends at Exto Event Center, located in Denver's vibrant Rhino Arts District. Exto Event Center can host safe socially distanced events for 25 to up to 170 persons outdoors and up to 100 persons indoors. If you're interested in hosting an event for a corporate gathering, fundraiser, client appreciation, birthday or anniversary, or just a general morale boosting happy hour, Exto would love to be a part of it. Please visit extoevents.com for more information and book your private event today. All right, uh, I'm looking forward to this, uh, to this Gen X music show tonight. Uh, we got uh, three fourths of the crew here tonight, uh, <laughs> coming to you. Funny. Coming to you from seventy-five uh, percent. Yeah. For coming to you from his own basement, not his mother's basement. I'd like to to bring to you, JBH. Hello, Joe. Oh, that's me. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Joe. That How's is your name. That is your name. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> I forget my initials sometimes. That's I don't know why. I, <laughs> it is what it is. Also, also, also coming to you from not New Mexico, uh, a man who uh, I will I have been incorporating into my ad reads for DraftKings. I'd like to present to you, Mr. Pat Guerin. Hello, Pat. Good evening, Woody. Joe, good to good to be here with you tonight. Yeah, good to have you. Yes, it's a good, good one. Uh, tonight, we all get to split like an extra 25% of talking time. Yes, yeah. we do. Yes, we do. Uh, love Mag that. Magnus is on assignment. Um, <laughs> I, already was, I already got arrested, personally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know there's a lot of I hate to speculate. Yeah. He's, he's all the way on uh, down on the other side of the state, so who knows at this point? We can't verify, is what I'm saying. Um, but he did leave us some tidbits that I'm sure we'll be going through uh, on this very podcast. Um, tonight, we kind of decided that we are going to do something called um, soundtracks. Um, and, and not only just soundtracks, but soundtracks that have good songs on them, mm -hmm. um, or maybe some standout moments from certain soundtracks. And when we're not talking about, for clarification here, we're not talking about scores. We are talking about actual songs on soundtracks. Uh, and that's actually the way that I approached it. Uh, 
Mr. So, Mr. Garen, Mr. Garen, you you kind of presented this one to us. It, was this your vision when you were uh, yeah. thinking of this subject when you were going into it? Well, for myself, I was specifically looking at songs, yeah. specific songs that contributed to a movie um, one way or another, whether we already knew the song and it enhanced the movie or we were introduced to the song and it, you know, th then that song took on its own, uh, life of its own, you know, in our musical taste. Um, most of the ones that I came across, sometimes it was hard for me to narrow down a particular song because it was on a very strong soundtrack as a whole. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, that I think is sort of interesting correlation that a great soundtrack is going to have individual great songs that individually contribute to the greatness of a movie. Um, and so kind of, uh, you know, to just step back, it's like um, how songs enhance movies. And um, I think we, we all have some, uh, some good ones to talk about tonight. Yeah, I think we do. And, and Joe, is that kind of how you approached it as well? Actually, I broke it down into like three categories, basically. Mm -hmm. only, one of, only one of which that I focus on an individual song. Uh, the other two were kind of, I had a lot of fun researching this, by the way, because I'm not really a soundtrack listener overall. Yeah. Um, and, I, and it's kind of, soundtrack's kind of a relic also of the, uh, of the CD era, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. they were, you know, it was like, oh, someone made me a mixtape. It's the director. He made me a mixtape, you know. But like <laughs> now everyone, everyone has their own soundtrack, you know, when you're doing Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, you know. So it's kind of a different experience now. Wasn't that really an, uh, an, an extension of, well, I guess it really began with Easy Rider. And uh, the Steppenwolf. I can see that being, yeah. Yeah, the Steppenwolf uh, soundtrack, other than, you know, maybe... Uh, um, you know, what's new pussycat or something like that with Tom Jones. Yeah, we're talking, not really before yeah, that. Yeah, I can't yeah, think of really anything. We're talking about an actual um, set of songs that are to accompany a, uh, yeah. a, a movie. So, uh, Mr. Garen, since the, dude, this was your idea, we're going to start with you. And uh, what do you have as your yeah. first selection for us? Well, um, these selections are in no particular order whatsoever because I had, had a hard time kind of narrowing it down even. But, um, I think that uh, big picture wise, when I first think about this and the movies that come to mind when I think about how music plays with them is uh, Wes Anderson films. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, going back to, I mean, my first and one that I watched and my favorite movie was Rushmore. I know he did like a bottle rocket before that. He's done World Tannenbaums, The Life Aquatic, many others. But um, for uh, me in The Royal Tannenbaums, I think is the soundtrack that sets the tone of that movie um, yeah. that really conveys the sort of um, the time that it's, I mean, it takes place like in sort of an undefined time. It seemingly is modern time. The music creates a whole nother um, universe. And uh, when they play me and Julio down by the schoolyard by Paul Simon mm -hmm. in that movie, I think it's just a perfect marriage of a wonderful song that, you know, had nothing to do with the movie, but then was put in the movie when Royal Tannenbaum is off to doing his shenanigans. And, mm -hmm. um, it was uh, a perfect match. And so I have trouble associating the song without the scenes in the film. Oh, and yeah. I think that is the sign of a great song and a great soundtrack. Um, you know, I, you can buy the soundtrack, speaking of what you're saying, Joe, when they release soundtracks and such. Uh, mm. Several songs are not on the soundtrack, including uh, that Paul yeah, song. Yeah, that's irritating uh, going through those things and, and finding, like, you get, it's hard to find a whole soundtrack anymore in this age of 
because the licensing is a nightmare, I'm sure, you know, Precisely. trying to get a whole soundtrack together. Yeah. Yes. And so a lot of the things on that soundtrack are some of the um, or orchestral type things. I, you mm -hmm. know, there's like a, an instrumental song. Uh, I always wanted to be a Tenenbaum, I think. Um, and anyway, oh, really? <laughs> th those do contribute to the feel of the movie, but the, 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 the real songs on there um, are, are great. Yeah, I, I agree I, with you. Uh, what is it? Debussy's? I want to say it's, uh, is it Debussy's? Oh, it's Ravel. It's that um, that string quartet that plays at the beginning when he's introducing the characters. Every it's time so I perfect. hear that piece of music, I just, it, oh, it's Earl Tannenbaum's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, and I mean, and if if you're not a Wes Anderson fan or or um, or you have, don't haven't checked a lot of these movies out, I mean, he has a very unique visual style, and he has a very unique sort of feel, and he works with a lot of the same actors in a lot of his movies. Um, as you know, he's one of those directors, and so um, even if you you're not super into Wes Anderson and you love music, you can watch some of those films and be moved by it. Oh yeah, big time. Well, I, I do like I do like uh, his use of. I think he's become more predictable um, with his aesthetic as it, as time has gone by. But I I'm do not sure. I think two of his I, most recent movies were some, two of his best. I thought. Really? Yeah, I thought Grand, Grand Budapest, Budapest Grand Budapest Hotel is one of his best movies, and uh, Isle of Dogs was also fantastic. I own both of those. But tonally, Grand Budapest mm. had the same feel as some of his other movies, and it kind of okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. But, but that the, that feel is Wes Anderson, you know. That's yeah, like, I don't every time I hang out with this guy, he's like the same guy. You know? <laughs> like that's not a that's not a knock, you know. I mean, he took Isle of Dogs, which is kind of like a wild animated film and yeah, put a, a Wes Anderson spin on it you know mm -hmm. and there's certain things I mean you can dig into this on the internet not to get too nerdy about it but whatever but it's like he, all of his almost all of his teens are like very symmetrical you know yeah. uh, there's a YouTube video you can you can watch it's like 13 minutes long it just like shows all the clips from all his movies and how perfectly symmetrical every camera shot is oh, and that's yeah. the kind of shit that you start to notice that something is going on because this is a unique feel but maybe you can't identify exactly what it is yeah. and I'm with you Joe I think Grand Budapest Hotel is amazing However, I mean, Rushmore is like a gold standard movie for me. Is that yeah? It's supposed to me. Um, uh, Tannenbaum still is probably my favorite. Yeah, I, it's hard to beat that one. And, and and really, there is a there is a there's something to be said for having music capture the the feeling of your of your movies all the time. I think Scorsese mm -hmm. kind of has that. Uh, yeah, he's good about that too. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, Wes, Wes Anderson is pretty much um, right now of the modern directors. I think he's probably uh, head and shoulders above everyone else as far as being able to use whatever theme he has. And there is a theme mm -hmm. I did notice. He has a themology to the sound of oh, his like movies. And uh, he's very good, more adept than I think, like I said, most directors nowadays in setting that theme. You know, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a uh, that's a good selection there, uh, Patrick. So, yes, yeah, thank you. Magnus yeah. had Rushmore. We should add. Yes, he did. Yeah, he chose Rushmore. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, thanks for pointing that out. But yes, yeah. and uh, also a great soundtrack, and also a, a movie that just has a certain feel to it. Mm -hmm. And if you were, uh, you know, I mean, I find that one hits very close to home for me. If you, as you may have, can imagine, but, yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a fun flick. <laughs> yes, it is. I, and I and I do I do like that. Um, um, the West An West Anderson movies, Royal Tenenbaums is my is my favorite, but Rushmore is probably number two for me. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, we're number two. Oh. Yay! What is it? Born to runner up. Born to runner up. 
Why, yeah. why, would, why would they show up just to boo? To boo us. <laughs> all right, uh, Joe, number one. Well, I was uh, looking at looking through all these different soundtracks. I kept coming across, uh, this is pretty common, soundtracks to movies that either aren't very good. <laughs> like the soundtrack is so much better than the movie. Um, uh, Joe, or... just, to, just to cut you off, I, I did, two of my selections are from shitty movies. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, can, I, I, I limited myself to one. We can always count on that with but... you, Morty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I came across so many. Like, you know, Saturday Night Fever. If you've ever seen that movie. I mean, the soundtrack is one of the biggest selling soundtracks like, of all time. Terrible movie. It's one of the top selling albums of all time. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just of all time. Um, like Big Chill. I, I, yeah. I remember kind of the Big Chill. I don't think even I'm at the age now where those guys are like in that movie. And I still yeah. don't think I find it all that interesting. The soundtrack uh, started, is iconic. The soundtrack is iconic, though. But for me, my my biggest pick is the Garden State soundtrack. I don't know if that movie is good or not, but I don't care because the yeah. soundtrack is awesome. Yeah. I also yeah. have a, is... also have an anti Zach Braff policy because I hate. I, I, so that's much. a good policy. Oh, oh boy! Oh, oh <laughs> I know. We're gonna get into some trouble now. Um, New yeah, Jersey's so Joe. New oh Jersey. no! Yes. Yeah, you've offended New Jersey, Joe. No, no, not the whole state, just part of it. Um, but no, like uh, In the Waiting Line, for instance. That's the first place I ever heard that song, uh, Zero Seven, which is probably a group I never would have even come across yeah. without having yeah. to happen upon a soundtrack like that. Yes. That'd, be my, that'd be my pick as far as, and that's my category is uh, not necessarily bad. Oh, Maximum Overdrive is another one I came across. Oh, yeah. That's my major pick. But there's a perfect example of a bad movie with a great soundtrack. Who, who made Who's on there? That's one of ACB's yeah. best songs. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's also interesting, Joe, because both uh, Saturday Night Fever and Garden State, um, their soundtrack is like very current for when it came out. It sort oh, of yeah. set, the, oh, set yeah. the sound even outside of the movie itself. Yeah. So yeah. The, the, the sound and the identification that it made with the era in which the film was made ends up aligning like really appropriately. You know, oh, you look yeah. at that Garden State soundtrack and it's like, you know, you have Coldplay and uh, mm-hmm. the Shins and this like very specific time frame sound. And then oh, some yeah. of the deeper cuts from that era as well, which is yeah. you know, oh, sort of a, a nice polish to the whole thing yeah great choice yeah no it's uh, i i i think that is a uh, you set you set a good uh, a, a thing there because i uh I, I i was expecting us to really kind of mine some uh, our prejudices with movies is what i expected us to do because sometimes there's some great songs on a shitty movie and yeah, that's yeah. kind that's kind of where i'm at here because I was looking at there's there's a soundtrack that is really fucking good. That mm-hmm. was one uh, that the movie is just dreck. I, I have not watched it since 1994. You know, old. <laughs> so <laughs> we are old. Uh, but uh, I, it, it is it is Batman Forever. <laughs> oh, good yes. example! Horrible movie. Yeah, yes. movie. What one of the best? Killer I love soundtrack. that. Yeah, great there's, songs on that. There's got to be so much context applied to this, you know, because mm-hmm. that was like in a run where their Batman movies were really exciting and were really good. Mm-hmm. And then that one was yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing that but, in the theater. Oh, oh sure. Uh, they used to, to have those. Just to throw this <laughs> yeah. out there, the, the quotient of good songs here, there's The Passenger by Michael Hutchins. Uh, mm-hmm. You got uh, There Is a Light, Nick Cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell, me na- tell Me How. No, excuse me, Tell Me Now. So I can't tell me how. By uh, Mazzy Starr. Oh, that, that was that's a one of maybe maybe my favorite Mazzy Star song. Um, uh, Kiss from well, Kiss from Rose sucked. 
Um, but, Thank uh, you for pointing that out. <laughs> it's a, because but, that that yeah. was like a Grammy nominated song, or maybe yes, I don't even yes, know. Yeah, Grammy. Song. And that was what everyone heard off that album. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to interrupt you, Morty, because you're missing the most important song. No, no, no. Oh, I was, I was getting, no, I was he's, getting he's right building to it. I'm building, building to, it. to it. I'm building oh, to yeah. it. And of course, now I'm leaving it to you. Last but not least, uh, Hold Me Through My Kiss Me Kill Me, which, which is one of my favorite YouTube yes, songs. It's one like of YouTube's best there. ever songs. Yes. Yeah. U2, yes. who's put out so many albums, one of their greatest songs ever appears on the Batman Forever soundtrack. Yeah. You know, it would have been perfect on Octung Baby. It could have fit in oh, other yeah. spots potentially. And that's where it, it landed. As a result, it's not as widely known. It's But they do play it live in concert. It's awesome. And I think that I had that. Um, same album on my list, Morty, not for the same reason, but more to uh, draw a contrast between the terrible song, Kiss from a Rose, and the great song, Hold Me, Thrill Me. Oh, yeah. And Kiss it's just, Kill Me. You just look at the, the There Is a Light is a great Nick Cave song. Um, oh, Mazzy Star is Mazzy on Star. Oh, I mean, yeah, the, the, Tell Me Now is my favorite Mazzy Star song. It's just, it, it is so good. And of course, Bad Days by. Uh, oh yeah, Flaming, Flaming Lips. Lips. I was wondering if that one was on there. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about. I love that song. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just so good. And then you you just you you go through this and you're like, how could this this pile of shit movie? And it really is. Have <laughs> Maybe they should have spent more time on the on the movie, <laughs> the movie. than the soundtrack. Joel yeah. the recently departed Joel Schumacher should have yeah. put less uh, time into <laughs> into the soundtrack. Songs. Yes, yeah. he, was, he was trying to do a little bit too much Scorsese here, but yeah, yeah. I, 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 to me, to me, maybe that maybe the top soundtrack of the '90s, maybe. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh good. wow, that's a bold statement, but I can't. It is. I, I can't really argue with it right now. Oh no, mm. We're there it is. Something. We're forgetting something. <laughs> the ultimate '90s soundtrack is Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. pretty much defined Do the nineties. Uh, I don't know. No, it actually isn't, but it just came up. Yeah. When Morty <laughs> makes bold statements like that, it's my job <laughs> to come in and argue. Well, uh, but Pulp Fiction was so retro that it, it, was, sure was. it, it and which made it very niche, mm -hmm. of which we were the sweet spot of that niche. Oh, we were um, we were all about that. Oh yeah. You just let me you know, but I was joking. <laughs> not intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Morty. I I saw him. He was doing that, scratching his ear. Maybe it was subconscious. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Unlikely. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Patrick, numero dos. So the next one, um, this was kind of the first one that came to mind when I was putting it together because I think the music and the film are inseparable. And uh, this, that would be uh, the soundtrack to the movie Magnolia. Oh, um, excellent. Which oh, yeah. is... It's almost entirely consists of Amy Mann, yeah. who actually wrote the music before Paul Thomas Anderson put together the movie. So yeah. the movie's sort of based on the music. And there's arguments amongst movie nerds about whether that movie holds up. <laughs> it's very oh. indulgent. It's very long. It's so um, mm -hmm. But the, the, the music is, you know, like I said, it drives the movie by design. And it really delivers on it. I mean, Wise Up is uh, oh. is an excellent track from from that. Mm -hmm. uh, Save Me yeah. is one of the best Amy Mann tracks, and you know she's a very prolific, very successful Am I right? songwriter. Those two, Pat, those two were written for the movie, weren't they? they yeah, they all were. Every I mean, but like, was. but uh, what was it? I thought she had already written oh, a lot I'm of sorry. the yes. other songs. Yes, but well, she looked. 
I think I think what also happened was that they they had heard he, they had heard some of the songs she was getting ready to do for an upcoming album, oh, and okay. then they started incorporating them right away, and oh, then. Okay you know, they are friendly or had a relationship and was like, hey, I'd like you to do these songs. And so then she proceeded to do that. And I think about four of the songs from the soundtrack end up appearing on her subsequent album. Um, it makes sense but, they were friends too, because what's his name, uh, who's married, uh, Michael Penn. Michael uh, Penn, yeah. Amy Mann's uh, husband had done another score mm-hmm. for Paul Thomas Anderson. That's probably how they, how they knew each other. And Michael yeah. Penn is a very prolific um, yeah. a movie score um, producer it, and things like that. Baby brother of, of things of uh, Sean and, uh, and Chris, Chris yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but a, uh, a phenomenal songwriter mm-hmm. and artist in his own in his own right, Michael Penn. Check him out if uh, if you've never done a little deep dive there. Um, but also the the Harry Nielsen song "One" in that um, oh yeah, that's a great in that movie yeah. is yeah. just perfect. And in, for me, I always see that movie when I hear that song. And Amy Mann, um, you know, I'm a big fan. Her voice. It, it has that like roughness that we love and like a sort of rock and roll female yeah. singer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also really polished and she's a true musician and does just a beautiful job with, uh, with that song and, and the whole soundtrack. That's an awesome pick. I can't believe that didn't cross my mind. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really good stuff. one. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, Pat. Thanks, look, at, look at Yeah. Look at you. Hey. Pat, Pat won the, the contest <laughs> that we <laughs> don't did, have. This, 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 this intense competition. Yeah. I look, forward, I look forward to the prize that doesn't exist. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it's funny. I was just listening to um, uh, Amy Mann the other day, sort of indirectly. Uh, she mm. sings on uh, Rush's Time Stand Still. You know that song? Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. I love, I love her. Her. her yeah. Her in that, yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorite Rush songs too. That's uh, yeah, that's a great song. Um, and it's just you know, it, it, I think, I think that uh, Pat, you're hitting on a theme and you're hitting on these, these, these managing to do get both quality and uh, movie and soundtrack, which is something yeah. that I did not manage to do. So, I compliments <laughs> you, sir. Well, Morty, thank, thank you. I mean, when, you're, when your whole music, I mean, a movie catalog is uh, B-movies that no one's heard of, it's hard to pull together. <laughs> yeah. hey, Soundtracks I will, are I, relatable. I will defend Creepshow to, to my last breath. What about um, the Silent about... Night, Deadly Night soundtrack? Everyone <laughs> loves that. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. <laughs> Garbage yeah. Day. Garbage uh, Day. <laughs> Okay. Talk about an inside joke. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm really glad that Pat said that thing about the last category, because my second category was for um, soundtracks where you can't have the movie without the music. Like, it just doesn't work. Okay. You know? Um, And my my pick is uh, the Old Brother or Art Thou soundtrack. Oh, yeah. It's it's 100%. It's so perfect. And and that movie is driven by the music. You know? I mean, everything is is about... I mean, it is the Odyssey redone in the Dust Bowl. Mm -hmm. But... uh, But with that at the center of the of the story, so yeah, I would have to say, and I, I, honestly, on Old Brother, it's so hard to pick a favorite. You know, I think I'd have to probably oh. go with either uh, Angel Band by the Stanley Brothers, an old classic mm-hmm. that they play towards the end of the movie, mm-hmm. or of course, uh, I'm a Man of Constant Sorrow, a very very old song that has been recorded by countless musicians Everyone. over the years. Yeah. The man that well, that's a gr- great, great pick, Joe. Yeah. What I especially love about it is that it is it's bringing in music from the era that the film takes place. Essentially, yeah, you know, yeah, that's right? a big. It's not yeah. contemporary, and yet it connects. I believe it won the oh, Oscar yeah. that yeah. year. I, yeah, um, I think so too. Yeah, and uh, it's because that is a bugaboo of mine. I hate I hate watching movies or TV shows that take place in the past and they play modern music. 
Oh, yeah. The opposite of yeah. Oh Brother Are Out There to me is the Django Unchained soundtrack. I hate that soundtrack. Mm, it's like got a bunch of hip hop hip hop in it. I'm like, this is the old this is like this before the Civil War. Nobody was rapping back then. You know what I'm saying? Even Jim <laughs> even Jim Croce on there singing I got a name. I'm like, I, I Jim Croce, his grandfather is like not even born yet. Come on, shut up. I, you know I hate it, that crap. Uh, I love how Quentin Tarantino's gotten backdoored into this discussion twice. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, soundtrack. He kind of has to, yeah, yeah. soundtrack-wise. Um, but uh, yeah. Ode- Odeth is really good, too. Uh, yeah, I love that one. And it's used perfectly I mean, in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that soundtrack revived that sound in bluegrass. You really saw a lot of bluegrass sound taking off from there, becoming yeah. more mainstream, and you and seeing, you know, numerous bands that you know achieved modicums of success or touring success because oh, yeah. we were revisiting that that t- style of music, and then yeah. told against the backdrop of that film. And as you said, Joe, you know, drawing from the Odyssey as its inspiration, yeah. it's almost a, you know, a perfect combination of literature, filmmaking, and music. Oh yeah, yeah. I made my wife watch it finally. I couldn't believe she'd never seen it. Really? There's a lot of movies like that, you know, like that, and uh, finally made her watch No Country for Old Men. Uh, mm. Yeah, great movie. Yeah, all these like classics. You, Joe, you have to understand, she's scarred by us watching uh, I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, we tried to show her that, which is also a cinematic classic. Yes, it is. Calculation um, on your part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think Joe played her that movie while he was trying to woo her, and I think yes. she was scarred forever. Ladies love the Wayans brothers. It is a time-honored truth. It's exactly true. Well, and Monty Python. Yes, exactly. Well, (laughs) I am going to break with my uh, my theme of good soundtracks and shitty movies. To uh, my second, (laughs) my second choice is uh, the High Fidelity soundtrack. Ah, good call. Yes, too. yes. Yeah. And, I, thought, I thought about that one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's got a long list. If Great only <laughs> if only for introducing me to Beat a Band and yeah. uh, Dry the Rain, which is yeah. a which is I never would have heard that song if it wasn't for that movie. Uh that that's one hundred percent fact. And then uh, I believe Joe, you went out and got the C D, right? Uh the Beat a Band C D. Yeah, the three EPs, the yeah, first time you ever put out. Yeah. yeah. I think and, I would have eventually heard of them. Because I was really into the British music press at that time. It's well, like yeah, so much and, uh, it's so much Mojo. better than the American music press. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. I remember like Q Magazine, for instance, another British kind of like British peace, Rolling Stone. Rest in peace, Q Magazine. Oh, is, mm. is Q gone now? That's been so long since I bought a magazine. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, yeah. That they 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 did one issue that was a hundred the hundred best British albums of all time. Really good list. Um, and I, I probably would have heard them by then, but that yeah. was still a couple years later. But well, yeah, what a great way to use that song in a movie, and, too. And we voraciously consumed, uh, particularly at that time, all aspects of, of music. Um, I remember oh, yeah. just I just heard that soundtrack, and I'm like, everything, I like everything I'm hearing, even oh, the yeah. Peter Frampton song, you know? So, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so it's this was... Cover. Yeah, um, and yeah. but the, the the standout track to me was uh, I believe when I fall in love by uh, Stevie oh, Wonder. Stevie Wonder, such a great. And uh, that made me want to buy Talking Book. To be honest with you, yeah. that's, that's one of the re- that's the main reason I bought that album was for that song. But of course, that there's a whole bunch of great songs on Talking Book. Yeah. I, I, I highly suggest everyone buy Talking Book. It's a really good album. But All those that's era more, Stevie Wonder albums are just yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that soundtrack is just amazing. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And. Morty, that movie, it's a perfect um, segue into a future um, 
podcast topic that we should discuss so write you know write this down okay. um is movies you know that inc- that are about music essentially i mean the oh, great yeah. thing yeah. about that movie is that that the music is like part of the script you know yeah. i mean mm-hmm. i've uh listened to some directors and such talk and they say like sometimes a particular song is like in their mind before they even write the scene and they just know that's what's going to go there oh, or yeah. you know that. when it when it starts getting mixed into the script and they're talking about like top five breakup songs for all time <laughs> and, <dialogue laughs> yeah. and things like that you know that's a gold standard choice and as a and it's backed up by such a great soundtrack it's a great choice you shouldn't oh. have a list like this without it and i've guess... read the book uh, I have, yes. Uh, and it's, I like yes. the book a lot, too. Tonally, it's a different uh, from the yeah. movie. Uh, but mm-hmm. The movie's very American, uh, and the yeah. book is very British. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's but I, I tell you, John, uh, John Cusack did a tremendous job in that movie. And, but but yeah. I related to it on a level that I didn't think I could relate to a movie, because, mm-hmm. you know, as Joe, Pat, Magnus, all of us are obsessed with music. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it just rung a bell. Maybe not the relationship stuff, but the, the music obsession rang a bell. Because uh, oh, I, yeah. Joe, if you remember at the time, we were like uh, constantly making mix CDs and tapes and stuff. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. It was just, it, it, that's what he did the entire time is just making, this is perfect. This is perfect for this. This, this fits this tonally, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That, you know that scene that, um, where Jack Black admonishes that guy for not owning Blonde on Blonde? Yeah. truer every year to me i mean it's just the more I, i'm like that is so i don't think i appreciated it as much when i first saw that movie but listening to the more and more i listen to blonde on blonde through the years the more i'm like he was so right to say to help that guy the way he did that, yeah. yeah that was that movie was the best version of jack black the like super yeah. nerdish like passionate type guy i mean i guess it kind of paved ways for you know him to be in school of rock and things later where it's like yeah that's probably how that guy would have turned out yeah you know, tim, tim robbins with the hilarious uncle oh i love tim robbins part film. yeah and uh, of course uh not with his bruce tonight, springsteen's Magnus cameo was one of the ones bruce springsteen's only appearance ellie yeah. 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 Right, yeah 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 oh it's just it was just so good and i in it and it like summed up a lot of things that I uh, just the the but specific, specifically the music obsession that I remember feeling at the time, and whenever I revisit the movie now, uh, mm-hmm. I still am like, damn, that's a that's a great soundtrack. It's still like that movie, 20, yeah. 20 years later. I'm I'm like, this is a damn good soundtrack. And that's one I wonder just, if my wife's seen. Hmm, they actually just out. made a Netflix series out of it. They did. Think oh, it's Hulu. I think one season it was. Oh, Hulu. Yeah. But I think it got canceled after its first season. But it, you know, I didn't watch it myself. I think it. I, I guess it got a lot yeah. of buzz. Was it Zoe Kravitz that starred in it? Yeah, it was, I think so. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it was. Yep. She's so, gorgeous. So anyhow. So anyway, yeah. But uh, before we continue with the rest of this, we are going to take a small break and come back with a DraftKings app read. We are back, and as you all know, uh, the Gen X Music Show, Gen X Movie Show, the Mortcast. CSG podcasts are all presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Um, you know, look, there's been a lot of people who've won money. Uh, I personally uh, don't partic- participate in the old, the old gambling. Uh, I am not. I am not. I am not gambler. Um, but there are people who do, and uh, one of them is actually right here, uh, right here. And Pat, what has been your experience? So far this year, just in general, with uh, with uh, participating in some you know prop bets or gambling on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the best part about gambling is when you're right, 
and when you win, uh, it's like, you know, you're a genius, you're smarter than everyone and you're going to get rich from it. And then when you lose, it's cause you got screwed, you know, bad call or, you know, yeah. idiot quarterback or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, Morty, speaking of prop bets, did you know that on the DraftKings there, you can be watching an NFL game in front of you and you can place a wager on whether the next play will be a run or a pass. Wow. You can be you, you can bet on every single moment that's happening, you know. And so, say you think you're really good at, you know, I've been at these blowhards at uh, parties and such, football watching parties. They're like, oh, watch this, watch this. There's going to be a pass. Mm. Now those guys they can put their money where their mouth is, you know, and yeah. uh, and make it happen. So yeah. anyhow, and also always check out the boosts. Tons of fun to throw ten dollars on, you know, uh, some random player on a Thursday night or Sunday Monday night game uh, to win to score the first touchdown of the game. And if they do, sometimes it's like. 11 plus 1100 odds oh. which uh, for non-gamblers like you morty that means for every hundred dollars you win 1100 so you got ten ten dollars jeez 110 dollars right in your pocket jeez you, you should, should end that on throughout the game you should get on that joe um yeah, joe. <laughs> yeah, joe. i wouldn't know where to begin man I, yeah. those are the, always I mean, the winners the guys yes. who don't know anything and say, hey i'll <laughs> this take is that true. whatever this is, this is very much true. checks yes <laughs> Well, DraftKings is uh, Sportsbook is giving all new users a chance to uh, earn a sign-up bonus of up to one thousand dollars when using the promo code MHS. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting, as uh, Patrick was just explaining to you there, on your favorite players. They do it all. Uh, don't worry if uh, football isn't for you. DraftKings is giving uh, all MMA and baseball fans a sign-up uh, who sign up now a chance to uh, turn $1 into $100 by betting on this weekend's UFC 254 or by taking action on any baseball championship game, which is, you know, the World Series. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making, <laughs> making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code MHS when you sign up and to get $1,000, that's code MHS, to, to get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and first bet match up to five, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, back to reality. Um, we what was that gambling problem number again? One eight hundred. Yeah, I need that. Forty-seven hundred. All right. Speaking of uh, Pat, uh, your third selection, sir. Ooh, all right. Well, this is hard um, for a variety of reasons. One, I was going to say Batman Forever, which Morty, you uh, did. So good job. I love when we match them up. I love when we match them up. Um, so the next one I'm going to throw out there is one out of a more recent film. And the reason I chose it is because it involves music, the construct has music, and then they like wrote music to go with it. And uh, that is from the film A Star is Born, the latest remake, um, which has Lady Gaga and Bradley mm -hmm. Cooper as stars. She performs some of the songs as well. If you haven't seen the film, it's like she's a starlet that he kind of discovers and he's a, de a declining sort of star, a troubled star. And anyway, the reason I chose it is because um, last week, Joe, you, you told me I should have chosen um, my main man, Jason Isbell for a choice. Um, yeah. And in this, in this uh, soundtrack, he writes one of the songs that Bradley Cooper does. Oh. Um, 
and uh, it is a phenomenal song. Um, and it's captured this movie. I don't know if you guys haven't seen this movie. It's worth watching. It is wrecking and emotional and the music is beautiful. And um, I feel like it's easy to shit on movies like this. Uh, because it is, I think it is like the third time they've made it. Um, yeah, it's a but, third remake. Uh, but Bradley Cooper um, does an, an amazing job. And I think that, um, that the soundtrack holds up independently of it. But hmm. when you see the movie, it provides all of that depth. Um, and uh, so anyway, that's my, my, third, to- my third choice I slotted in there. Check it out, Joe. I'll have to take a listen. Um, I will take Lady Gaga over Barbara Streisand any day. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was one of the remakes, obviously. The Chris, but I love Chris Christopherson, so that's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I still never saw that one, that particular one either. But uh, it's easy to shit on Lady Gaga, but she is a talent, and uh, and it definitely shines in that film. Hmm. Their their performance of their duet at the Oscars of uh, of that hmm. year that it came out, I think it's from twenty eighteen or so, um, hmm. is a you know a remarkable performance. So anyway, well, I remember I still had a job. Yeah. I'm sure there's people out there who are very easy, eager to know that uh, Lady Gaga is easy to shit on. Um, <laughs> that could be misconstrued really be, easily. Yeah. How dare you, Morty? How dare you? <laughs> I was defending her. <laughs> you did. It's you just did. a weird kind of defense. That's no, all. No, it's fine. You know, yeah. it's, it's fine. Well, I know. I like that movie. Um, it is. Certainly, I mean Bradley Cooper did. Uh, I thought Yeoman's work in that job in that movie, uh, he really did. Uh, I like Bradley and, Cooper a lot. Yeah. And the ending it will just wreck you, as as uh, Pat said. The ending will absolutely wreck you in hmm. that in that. And so it it is it's worth it if you want a good cry. If you want a good cry, watch The Stars Burn. What's the name of the yeah. Jason Isbell song, Pat? It's called Maybe It's Time. Maybe it's um, time. Okay. Look that up. Pull that. Yeah. I mean, he, I, he, he performs it live in some of his shows. Um, it's remarkable because, um, again, credit where credit's due, Bradley Cooper does a remarkable job in that song, transforming into a musician. I mean, he plays guitar, he sings. Um, mm. Jason Isbell Jason wrote that song for him. Um, and then when you see him perform it, you're like, oh, this is like, you know, obviously a real version. But, um, but it's uh, it's great. It fits into the theme of the movie. But if you even if you haven't seen the movie, you know, stream that song. It mm-hmm. fits right in well to you know some of the greats that are done by uh, the man from Muscle Shoals. I love now, that now, man. Yep. Now to now to just be devil's advocate, Pat. How much of your liking of this movie has to do with the Jason Isbell song, or is it just? Well, that's how, I, that's how I first became interested in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know, that's why I like ended up seeing it. You know, near when it came out, but you know it. it, I, it in spite of that, even, I mean, the movie is gutting. I don't want to like ruin the movie for anyone, but it's just, it's such a tragic tale of the, of the, of the music, successful musician story. Yeah. Um, mm. And it's so well acted and, you know, it was recognized um, in the Academy Awards and all that. So it was very prevalent at the time, but yes, uh, you know, I, I'm not afraid to admit that my initial poll was like, Oh, my, my guy here, my favorite uh, American songwriter that we got going these days mm. is writing a song mm-hmm. for this, uh, this movie. I did yeah. enjoy. I did enjoy the movie, so you're not going to get any argument from me there. So uh, I just wanted to, to, to was curious because I know you were a big Jason Isbell fan. So I was wondering if, if there was mm-hmm. a, like a correlation there between you know 
be you being drawn to that movie because of him, you know, which is relation is it's one of the reasons why it was on my list because like the I, the other one I was thinking of, um, and we don't have to dig into it since I already told you all of them, but I was like, you know, thinking of Apocalypse Now and mm-hmm. how critical the sound is there in that movie yeah. and how, you know, that song, you know, that door song, the end is just yeah. like iconic. And uh, so I probably would have gone with that one as my choice because maybe it's more, broadly based relatable people more people have seen that movie or whatever yeah. but as a result of uh, jason Oswald's um in- involvement i uh no dude i, I bet, put a I star bet, is born in there i bet most people who listen to podcasts have seen a star is born than have seen apocalypse now excellent point excellent yeah point. it's just yeah it's just kind of a i mean that's an amazing movie oh my god i love that movie but um yeah, yeah good call good call it, it, I like it just for the movie. You know, I didn't know, actually, I, to be honest with you, I did not know Jason Isbell did a, uh, a song in that. I didn't know that was his song. So uh, I'll have to revisit that uh, soundtrack because you uh, pointed that out, Pat. It's like, I, I had no yeah. idea. Stream, stream it up, gents. Yeah, I added it to a playlist of mine. So I'll definitely have it. Listen. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, uh, Joseph. Oh, okay. This one's way too hard because this this was my the third pick was my individual song, like the song yeah, from the soundtrack. Good. This was mine, and I, it's almost impossible to really whittle it down to one song. But one of the first things that ever came to mind when thinking about this was, of course, Phoebe Cates getting out of the pool in slow motion in Fast Times at Ridgemont High to the cars moving in stereo every time. I hear that song, mm-hmm. I get a little, I get a little excited. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, if no one, and then that's another thing. That's another one of those movies that's like most people don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Probably it's kind of a, I don't know if it's a lost classic, but it is a classic movie. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I'm just gonna interject there and okay. try to put it in the context for you. It mm-hmm. is the peak movie of a certain generation. Yeah, definitely. Which is your generation. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, and there's like a, you know, a, a four year sort of maybe spread around there before yeah. and after where people seeing Fast Times at Ridgemont High um, in that era, those were new, exciting style of movies. And the scene mm-hmm. that you describe was, uh, was one that no young man would soon yeah. forget yeah. after seeing it. And the music is inextricably linked to it, as you described from your own Pavlovian response. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that is the single most memorable scene in that movie. Oh yeah, so it's been parodied yeah. countless times. Yeah, it, it, and it's uh, and I do not particularly. I like a lot of car songs. I don't particularly care for that song, but I really? do. I do like I a lot of. Never car talk songs. to you again. <laughs> but I just associate. That's, that's that. a little like serious. It's sorry, over. it's yeah, over. Sorry. I, I, I associate with that movie. You know, oh, big I, time! Yeah, you can't remove that uh, that uh, moving in stereo uh, yeah. without thinking of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of like the effectiveness of videos. That's why videos exploded like they did because it mm-hmm. got to the point where you couldn't you couldn't associate a song without thinking of the video. Morty, but, do you remember what what it was? Some crap band in the nineties. They did a, ver- a version, basically, in a, a video homage to it with Rachel Hunter. Oh, God, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The band was so forget. The song was, was terrible. so bad, too. Um, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, crud. All right, people listening to this right now. Yeah. Tweet at me, at jmorton78, or at pgmoney, and tell us what 
Joe is thinking about right now because I yeah. yeah I know what it is, but it's dry. I'm drawing such a blank right now. Yeah, me too. I want to say the name of the song was Stacy's Mom. Stacy's Mom. That's it. Who, Mom. But like who the band was, like no one remembers. That's the, the good one to get. How, and it was some horrible you. band. They were horrible. The song's horrible. Yeah, Stacy's Mom. Uh, yeah. Joe, 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 hold on. Hold the phone here. The video's pretty good, though. I, just want, I want to make sure that's clear. <laughs> that, that album, uh-huh. first of all, that's Fountains of Wayne. Oh, and... they suck, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my didn't, God. Didn't, uh, <laughs> hold on. I'm going to lose my mind on this here. I oh, think the singer mom. just died, too. Yes, oh, of Cor- oh, he was one of the first people to die of coronavirus. Really? Um, yes. Listen, um, I'll accept your dismissal of Stacy's mom. It was you know, certainly an over-the-top type of MTV-made type thing. Um, mm. But that album is fantastic. Listen really? to that album, Joe. Absolutely. Um, I'll try I think it's called like uh, interstate love songs or something like that. Um, that was, uh, but, oh, that, no, that's oh a good you're song. right. Stone Temple, Stone Temple Pilots. That's a good song. Uh, you're correct. Yeah. I'll look it up, of course. Okay. Um, Welcome Interstate Manager. See, I wasn't told oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. the yeah, name yeah, of the album. Interstate was in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so uh, on that album, there are just, I mean, it's, it's great. The, huh. I think you should listen to it. Anyway, I couldn't let that go because I, I, I really like that album. And I huh. think that it, um, it is a great um, representation of that time of music, which is like, mm. you know, I don't know. 15, you know what I like about this? Mid-90s? You know what I like about this? Late 90s. Uh, late, yeah. Like yeah. 97, 98, right around there. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's actually 03, Morty. Now that I oh, look that one up. is? Wow. Yeah. Wow, you're I didn't think MTV was still playing videos in nineteen. I mean, two thousand. Well, you you just weren't watching. But oh, well, yeah. Well, okay. I saw the video. I saw the video. That's well, why I'm, you know what I like about this. You know uh, what I like about this. We're finally disagreeing. Yeah, we're, that's we're true. Yeah, disagreement. So I, I look. I'm all for well, this. I, I ended up discovering those guys sort of, you know, again, not to get off topic, um, but like that was the song that was recognizable. But then I started mm. to like discovering those guys out of some of the bands that I started seeing out of Boston and the Northeast and they were playing mm. with other bands. And then, you know, when you, when you dig into that, and Joe, I, I think that you would be interested to take a listen to that album, um, mm. uh, you know, you, uh, because I, it's very melodic, great songwriting, good, good sound, uh, worth a listen. So. Yeah. I did tend to dismiss so now, almost now all tweet, bands of that era. Now tweet us about how uh, how great or how terrible Fountains of Wayne. Fountains of Wayne, did, yeah, yeah. Send us a tweet about. I'll send that. you. I'll send you screenshots, Joe. Since you're not on the Twitter. <laughs> at, what is Jay what Morton. is Twitter? <laughs> at jmorton78 or at P, pg money. So you can uh, you can like converse with us there uh, as much as you want or as little as you want. Probably as little get. as you want. Uh, um, all right. <laughs> That's the status quo. <laughs> going, going back to my great soundtrack, shitty movie. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't like this movie when I saw it, but I remember coming away thinking, God, that soundtrack is fucking kick ass. And uh, it's City of Angels. Oh, yeah. Great example. And yeah. uh, that's and I have it on there because it's got the best version of If God Will Send His Angels on it. Um, it's got yeah, kind of the single version or whatever. Single it? version, yeah, which is, which is actually finished. it puts it in its proper place, which yeah. is not on pop. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Pat's vendetta <laughs> against pop. Um, and uh, it's got uninvited, which is a great Atlantis mm-hmm. song. It's a it's maybe it's probably her best song. That's right? my favorite song of hers. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and it's got one of the great, great Peter Gabriel songs, but it, it's mm. so hard to listen to, but it's oh. so good. It's called I Grieve. And it is just used in such a way in this movie that it's just like, it's meant to like destroy you. Yeah. And you couldn't think of a better artist than 90s Peter Gabriel. Oh God, yeah. Just, just destroy you like that, right? Yeah. Us is like, <laughs> I mean, just, just cry. That should just what, be called Time to Cry. That's what it should be what called. Could be, what could be more 1998 than Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan in this sort of uh, distraught romantic drama? Horrible remake that, of see, one of my favorite movies. That's what's really the most. Wings of Desire is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's amazing. Yeah. And City of Angels is a shitty American remake that loses every nuance of the original movie and every like plot detail. Oh, no, I don't know what the hell it is. Yeah. But a vehicle for a great soundtrack is Morty's assertion. Yeah. Thank God and, for that, yeah. And the one thing about that, the soundtrack, similar to your other choice of Batman Forever, mm-hmm. is the iconic song from it that got all the airplay on yeah. that soundtrack is Iris by the yeah. Goody Doll. Yeah, Iris. That's like that yeah. a good song. I like that um, song. Yeah. Then we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, it's not like a song I'd sit around and listen to all the time. No, but, no. But compared it's, well, okay, compared to their it's, other songs, it was definitely better. Compared to their other songs, Joe, compared to their other songs, it's exactly the same. Oh. All their songs are <laughs> Just exactly sound like, Iris. like that. There's a certain late 90s pop sound that was oh, yeah. filled by the Goo Goo Dolls and Matchbox 20 and you oh, know, God. these sorts of bands. So, and so placing that on this soundtrack, in my estimation sort of brings it out of the congruity of your Peter Gabriel's, your U2, yeah, even yeah. your uh, Lannis Morissette, you know, or your Paula Cole working your way in there. You got um, Eric Clapton on that soundtrack too, uh, yeah, further on, on up the roads out there. Oh, yeah. yes. Uh, great song. Uh, it's a great version of that song, actually. But uh, also, mm-hmm. but uh, Iris is basically like Runaway Train. But I... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Soul Asylum. God, you couldn't escape that song. Remember when that song was... Yes. I mean, the upside to it, the video helped them find a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of missing children, uh, strangely enough. Actually, I, they Iris showed is, Iris is like, like every other Goo Goo Dolls song. It is, it is. It, it if you have to pick one. Listen, it might, might as well be one. Hey Jealousy, you know. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Marty, first of all, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> Jim Blossoms are, are Jim vast, yes. have vastly more yes. range than the Goo Goo yeah. Dolls. That almost um, really good. Record. Yeah. Guys, before oh, their yeah. songwriter died. That's because they fired the guy who wrote all the songs because he was an alcoholic, and then they never made a decent album ever again. Shockingly, because they I didn't mean, have any. No one could write a song in the band except that guy. It's kind of like Guns N' Roses, remember? Guns N' Roses, they fired their best songwriter, their main songwriter, after their first and best yeah. album, yeah. and then wondered, and then, then like they're wondering why their songs suck afterwards. <laughs> yeah. you know, That's the sound is... of all the Gen X music listeners well, turning us off. <laughs> speaking of Gen X, it's got. <laughs> In the arms of an angel, which is used oh. in all, uh, oh, in, in, in all ASPCA, ASPCA yeah. commercials, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, man, I mean, honestly, think about honestly, how many, yeah, that song should be like buried in a crater, and we should never have to listen yes. to it again. But think about how '90s this. What an offense! Is. Yeah, this has got, got the Paula Cole on it. Yeah, yeah where heard. where have all the cowboys gone? Uh huh. Oh man, there's this, this is. Uh, 
I would say, where's Paula, Paula Cole gone? But okay, I, I put this on here. Maybe I'm misremembering it because now I'm looking at the, the track listing again, and I'm like, I like the the, the highlights are obviously if God will send His angels uninvited and uh, I grieve, um, mm. and and actually you're right. The rest of it is kind of t- typical '90s pap. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it it was. I mean, I remember several of those videos on MTV playing in that era. Yeah, yeah. and. Mm-hmm they were being released because of being on the soundtrack to that film. Oh, and yeah. that film, uh, what, I mean, I, I believe it was a super successful, you know, film yeah. from that era. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, Joe, it's a remake of a much better film. Mm-hmm. It's totally unworth watching, I think, for most people. Oh, yeah, it's um, not worth watching It's not a good movie. Wings of Desire yeah. is so worth watching, though. Yeah, Nick, Cave, Nick Cave's yeah. in it. Who made yeah. that? Uh, but, Who, but Vim Wenders. Wim Wenders, or Vim Wenders, yeah. 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 Which yeah. also is interesting because they have, they're very linked to U2. Oh, yeah, and big time. U2 doing yeah. a song for the remake there. That was for not the, like, not an accident. That, that title, uh, Stay Far Away So Close, is the sequel to exactly. Things of Desire. Yeah. Yeah. And then, perfect. And then perfect, that, we said, Joe. Kind mm-hmm. of segues because this came out in 98. You have, if God will send his angels on it. And then like, what was it a year later? Million Dollar Hotel comes out. Oh, there's a terrible movie. Good soundtrack though. Another one, the good soundtrack. Bono should not write movies. Yeah, that's just not a, not a strength for him. I don't well, think. I guess the movie was um, just basically an idea Bono had. And I think someone else wrote it. it Nick Wenders is like, I love I you Bono, that, I'll do whatever you want. I thought that was rattling home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rattle and Hum has some of the best performances that band ever caught on film, though. About Correct. Oh, um, my God. Y- Phil. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, Phil. It was, even they will acknowledge the indulgence of it and how it was mm. so ridiculous for these British or these Irish uh, blokes or whatever, yeah. mixed, mixed ethnicities, I guess. Um, I appreciate where they're coming here. from, though. Sure. They, I mean, to they, discover America, you know, yes, the way they were, right. you know. But yeah. the, I think I think Edge even says like, "Oh, we were like, oh, hey, this is great. We're trying to discover America," and everybody's like, "Well, we're American. We've already discovered." We are. We're familiar with BB King's work over here. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and it's yeah. A, what did I? Uh, we discussed this, and like, go back to our YouTube podcast because it's two and a half hours of goodness. But we <laughs> we. Uh, talked about this. It's a five-hour podcast. That's the tagline for silver, it. Half of it sucks. Joe, Joe silver, <laughs> silver and Gold was completely ruined for me because of Edge. Oh, I love that. That's a favorite part of the movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, why? Oh, my God. Why are you doing this? No, but it's not as bad as, you know, Charles Manson stole this from the Beatles. And we're still oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of stupid, yeah. But anyway, I love, we, we, I'm we, not we, bugging you. I don't mean to bug you. Hey, save this content for our Megalomaniac episode. Exactly. <laughs> Which is coming soon. So, yeah. so guys, to... Magnus to, will have to be here for that one. Yeah, 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 for sure. To sum up the... Oh, uh, did, did uh, Magnus have another... Uh, uh, yeah. We, want? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, he Matt. did. Uh, he did. A, you know, he did all his due diligence, and so we feel we should give him some partial credit at least. But Guardians of the Galaxy was his choice. Oh, yeah. And um, I think that that movie... I mean... I don't know. I think that all of those Marvel movies can stand on their own in general. Anyone could watch them and anyone could enjoy them. Many people might reject them because they don't like comic books or whatever. But if you stumbled upon Guardian of the Galaxy and the soundtrack that comes along with it, what a film. You know, what oh, a yeah. soundtrack. It really presents a feel. Um, that, I think one of our uh, friends said it's like, the, it's like the Star Wars we never got. 
<laughs> that first that first one in particular it has yeah. that same feel of like what was great about the good star wars movies you know yeah uh, that's a, yeah that's and, very apt and the yeah. second then the second one was like the star wars prequels in that it was a pile of shit i didn't think it was bad the second the sequel wasn't bad <sighs> kurt russell wow. i mean come on man come hey, on man. how can you Boy. talk shit about kurt russell man <laughs> I will not sit here no. and have you talk shit about Kurt Russell. I'm saying that he was even better in The Hateful Eight, okay, than he was in, in, oh, this, I liked, I actually in this movie. Hateful Eight. Obviously, we're not on the same page at all. When it comes we are to not this. going on the same. This we need to get back on. Russell talk is going yeah, off the rails. It is. I love Kurt Russell. I'm, I'm, I'm looking like him in The Thing with my long hair and beard <laughs> at this point, okay? I, the I get greatest it. greatest movies ever. All right, I get it. But I, I just like... I couldn't, it wasn't Kurt Russell. It's the fact that it, it, his storyline in that was so fucking ridiculous. Listen, all right. Wow. You've, gone off, you've gone off the rails. You have. Guardians of the Galaxy, the soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, you've got everything from the Jackson 5, David Bowie. Um, mm-hmm. it, is, it, it, it is a remarkable compliment to the feel that it sets for that film. It, yeah. let, it helps it stand apart from the others in that canon. Yeah. Um, maybe even from its own sequel, as you pointed out, the yeah, Jack Forty. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, love to hear Magnus's breakdown of it. But I think it's uh, worth mentioning and uh, worthy. Uh, if if point Magnus of listens to this, he'll be shaking his fist vigor- vigorously when he gets out of jail. I sequel. think we should really uh, talk to him about this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Maybe yeah. We, yeah. we got to get that bail check to clear. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe. And I, look, look. All I'm saying is, Kurt Russell never topped Big Trouble in Little China. He never topped oh. Snake Plissken, if you want to oh, get really this is technical. True. That's an iconic character. Yeah. How many people wow. have played an iconic character in their movie careers? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's is, played several. Yeah, and he's had several. Uh, uh, R.J. McCready. Do you know that uh, next to Walt Disney's bed when he died was a piece of paper, and Kurt Russell's name was written on it? Really? You ever heard that before? Yeah. No. It's like weird. What? Like For some reason, he had written down Kurt Russell's name. And like right before he died, isn't that weird? Wow, my it, mind is blown. Yeah. This conversation has gone off the rails. You know, Kurt Russell is in all those Disney up, movies. Joe. Yeah, yeah. I'm, You're gonna have to do wild. that. Okay, before before we get even more off topic, uh, we'll say goodbye. We'll get off topic after the after the podcast. Yeah, say, yeah. say goodbye, we've got fellas. Say goodbye. 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 Let's do it again sometime. We, we, we will next week. When, when Mac gets out, I mean, Magnus gets out of jail. Um, <laughs> that, that, that could be next week's episode. <laughs> That's about it's what a... he learned in jail, what kind of music he heard. Yeah. Songs it's based on jail. Yeah. Songs, songs, songs based yeah. on jail. jail. <laughs> exactly. All right. Out, so. What kind of hemorrhoid pillow he likes. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. boy. <laughs> and See the show all. has reached a new low. <laughs> See you all next week.